answer. Amen. Thank you for uh, coming today. Remember, we got uh, church prayer Tuesday night, ladies' prayer meet in here on Wednesday morning, midweek service Thursday, and um, anything else God wants to do. Man, we don't have to stick to protocol, do we? Amen. When God shows up, we want Him to just take over and surrender to Him. Amen. Man, as we're staying, we go to the word of the Lord tonight or today. Uh, hopefully, it won't be tonight before I'm done. Yeah, uh, be like eight weeks ago, I was preaching to, my, to myself. But uh, Matthew, the fifth chapter, and then we'll go to John six, Matthew five and six. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. There's a guarantee there. If you hunger for righteousness, you're going to get it. If you thirst after it, God will fill you and supply your needs. Amen. Uh, John 6.35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. There we go. Similar passages connecting uh, a powerful message that Jesus has. If you have uh, young children, you can uh, take them out to kids' church uh, today. I know parents are saying, thank God, deliverance is here. Salvation cometh, cometh. Now we just need to find a place to send them home. Amen. But uh, I want to preach to you today from this title, uh, An Altered Appetite. An Altered Appetite. Turn to a few people, wave at them as you're seated this morning. Before I begin, I want to make this uh, announcement that I understand the position that I'm in, um, and it's, it's almost bad taste, not necessarily, but uh, when you stand between the masses and lunch, it's not the best thing to talk about food during sermon, uh, so I want to throw that out there. I understand where I'm at, and so... Um, how many are hungry today? You don't have to answer that. I can hear the groans. I can hear the groanings. It's not the groanings of the spirit. It's the groanings of the belly. And um, what can I say? But we love food. We love to eat. It's a, a part of who we are as humans, as living beings. God came down and he molded us and shaped us from the dust of the earth. Kind of like how you mold a meatball or a, or meatloaf for a burger patty or for your double bacon cheeseburger. That's how we began life. We, we needed sustenance. We, uh, we need food to survive if we're going to continue on in this thing called life. Uh, I know that you wish you could blame your appetite and your desire to eat tasty and delicious food on our uh, our carnal, fallen nature of humanity and blame uh, the sin for our desire for delicious ice cream. But the truth is, is that we got our appetite from God. Adam was made perfect and yet he had to eat food. Go figure. He had an appetite just like you and I do. He got hunger pains just like you do. His stomach growled just like yours is. The man had to eat. In Genesis 2.16, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. That means he had a hunger issue. 
Adam's food cuisine was drastically different than the American diet. Uh, Adam, it seems to be that he was most likely a vegetarian. No animals were killed for food, uh, at least not that we're told about at this point. That means he didn't experience the aroma of sizzling bacon. And I guess it's a good thing because had he smelled it, he would have messed him up. He didn't even get to eat turkey bacon for those that like that. Uh, his cheeseburger was a soy veggie patty for those that like that can identify with Adam. But one of the few things that we share in common, and I say, when I say we, I don't mean me, is Adam probably ate a wedge salad like many people today. I'll never forget the first time that I saw Taylor order a wedge salad, one of those things. Uh, I used to work in a restaurant, so I had to prepare salads. And, you know, you wash them, cut up all the lettuce, and you put it in a bin, and you mix in all those things. And when I saw a $2 head of lettuce just quartered and just thrown on a plate and sprinkled with bacon bits and some cheese and charged them $13.95, I thought that was a great idea. I mean, man, the, the, all the time you spend chopping up the lettuce, nice small little pieces to make a nice presentation. And nowadays, they just quarter a head of lettuce and say, here you go. Uh, very little prep work, maybe 10 seconds, and you've got a salad now. Incredible. But I refuse to order one. If I'm going to pay $13.95 for a salad, I'm going to get my money's worth. You're going to have to cut that up. You're going to have to cut that little bite-sized pieces for me. Make you work for that, or at least make it look like you did. Open a bag of already cut up lettuce that, you know, don't tell me. But serving me a, a quartered head of lettuce feels like I'm getting cheated out on something. But I hear they're good. Uh, so I don't know how it happens, uh, but uh, one thing that I observed, the older, the older that I get, my appetite kind of changed or changes and is continually changing. I don't know how it happens. Maybe I got more brave and started eating new foods. Um, or maybe my taste buds change. But the foods that I eat now, some of the foods I eat now, I never thought I would eat when I was younger. And let me say that they are delicious. And I, I guess I was missing out on a whole lot of things in life. But as we age and as we mature, I think we appreciate more. Uh, not just the food and not just the meat or the wedge salad, but we discover spices and flavorings. And those take your appetite to a whole new level. The different seasons of your life affect what you eat and how things taste. And not just that in eating foods, but in different parts of the world, I would imagine that uh, foods would taste differently. A wedge salad in Brazil might taste different than a wedge salad from Zimbabwe or might taste different from a web salad, wedge salad in India. Um, different parts of the world, different soils may add just a slight little different taste. Maybe it's different seeds or, or families of lettuce that they use. But the only thing that will be the same is that they'll probably each $13.95 for that wedge salad. Because they, too, have looked at that and says, wow, what a great idea. Some people who got to experience an appetite change firsthand was the nation of Israel. When they left Egypt in pursuit of a better life, 
in preparation for the great escape, God told them to make unleavened bread. Because we don't have time to wait for the bread to rise. We're just going to mix it and we're going to go. And I don't know how that may taste, but it sounds good to me because the sooner that I get out of Egypt, the better my life is going to be. And so if I have to eat unleavened bread on my way out, that's what it's going to be. But thanks be to God for his grace and mercy that he's delivering us out of our situation, out of our past life. And whatever he decides to feed us is fine with me. So they're in a rush, and what's, what's more important is having a, a, a full loaf of bread or leaving Egypt. And so when it's time to move, it's time to move. When, when the window of opportunity doesn't stay open for very long, when Moses said, let's go, it was time to go. And so they said, okay, we're ready to go. We got our bags of unleavened bread. We're not sure how it's going to taste, but we're ready to leave. Exodus 12, 39, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt. For it was not leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry. Neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. And so they didn't have time to go to Sam's Club or Costco drag a flatbed cart around and get your Goliath-sized servings and say, hey, we're taking this out of Egypt with us. Try pushing that Sam's cart across the Red Sea. You might drop that real quick and say, let's just grab the, the bag of unleavened bread and go because it doesn't look like I'm going to make it. And so that's the issues with uh, trying to bring the things uh, from Egypt into the life that God is calling you in. You can't take everything with you. You got to just take whatever God says take, and we got to leave and forsake everything. Sometimes that means we got to leave our family behind because they're not accepting and they're not open to this new uh, calling of God in our life. But whatever God calls you out of and says, hey, this is what you need to take, that's what you need to do and say, okay, God. Let's thrust me out of this place, thrust me out of Egypt, thrust me out of my situation because I want to go to a better place. And whatever I have to take with me along the way to get me there, I'm going to be happy with it even though I wasn't used to eating those things. So they came busting out of Egypt with a bag of flatbread and suddenly find themselves in a barren wasteland. And it didn't take long for their unleavened bread to get consumed. Mine probably would have been gone the first day. I'd have been in trouble. Their appetite began to speak up as their bread ran out. In Exodus 16 and 2, we see the and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God. When somebody says, would to God, they're dead serious. Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full. For you have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. They were hungry. And at this point, the people of Israel are really struggling they're happy to be free of their taskmaster, the strong arm uh, that was thrusted upon them, but they are going through withdrawals of their old life. They don't miss the pain and the suffering from the labor and the whips, but what they miss are Egypt's delicacies. 
They miss the food. They miss the abundance. They miss the material goods. They miss the guarantees that Egypt provides. And you don't have to walk by faith in Egypt because Egypt will guarantee that you will be fed. Egypt will guarantee that you'll have flesh pots and you will sit there and eat bread to the full because Egypt needs you to work. And as a slave in Egypt will be well fed and, be, and you don't have to worry about much because they're not concerned about your health. They're concerned about you doing work for them. So they'll make sure you're fed. But where the Spirit is telling you to go, there you're going to have to live by faith. This is what Israel had to figure out and realize. Where the Spirit draws you, there's not much guarantees of man's systems and grocery stores set up. There's no grocery stores out there. There's no food bank you can run to. No, where God is calling them, they're going to have to adapt and adjust their appetite to live by faith and not by sight because it's a different world in the kingdom of God. Where God drawing his people is so different than the world out there, you got to have to expect that your appetite is going to change and you got to be willing to throw away your old appetite and say God what is it that you want to feed me so where God is calling them they're going to have to adapt to their appetite and if you're going to have to learn to live by faith and walk by faith and and, and to live by it then because the kingdom of God is not meat or drink but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that's what the kingdom of God is you'll be fed off your faith you'll be fed of how much faith you have and even though all you have is faith faith is all that you need in the kingdom of God because without faith it is impossible to please him if you could just find a little bit a mustard seed of faith you'll have enough to move a mountain in your life you'll have enough to feed you to get you through the day it's faith that provides the food in your life when you're in the kingdom of God you can learn to feed off faith and walk by faith and live by faith wherever God is leading you then you will have enough to survive because God will provide for you. He will feed you. He will nourish you. He will take care of you because you're following the leading of his spirit and he's not going to leave you or forsake you. And so the appetite of the anointed is for God and the things of God. It's completely different than the appetite of the world, and we have to understand that our, our taste buds have to change for truth. Our, our, our faith has to be activated and say, God, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what kind of food they have there, but I'm going to trust in you that you're going to be Jehovah Jireh. You're going to be my provider. And if we have faith, we have enough to feed us and sustain us because God will take care of us. Cannot desire the delicacies of Egypt while following the Lord by faith. You can't do that. It doesn't work. That's why people get hung up and they get stuck because they still have one foot in Egypt and one foot in the wilderness and they're trying to understand how do I live both worlds? How do I live both lives? Well, you can't. It's impossible. No man can serve two masters because you have to decide, am I going to live by faith and forsake this world and the things of this world and follow after the Spirit of God? Or am I just going to turn around and go back to Egypt? 
can't have two different appetites from two different worlds. You've got to decide who is going to feed you and provide for you, Pharaoh or faith. Who's going to give you what you need, Pharaoh or faith? 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Aren't you thankful that all things have become new? That you are a new creature. You're a new person. That includes your appetite, by the way. God gives you a new appetite for righteousness and the things of God. But we've got to learn to listen to those hunger pains of the spirit and not just suppress them with food for the flesh. Rather, the hunger pains of the flesh tend to speak louder, but the more we fast, the more we put our, our flesh in subjection, the more we silence it and say, I need to hear from the Spirit today. I need to follow after the Spirit. I need to start living more by faith. Then where God will feed your spirit and feed your faith and give you what you need. That's what Israel trying to understand in these first few moments in the wilderness during this time. One way to really see what your appetite is, which way it pulls, is when hardship shows up. When a trial comes, when your unleavened bread runs out, when everything you grabbed from Egypt runs out and now you're left with nothing and hardship shows up, that's when your real appetite is going to speak up. And what is your response to that situation? Who will you turn to for your solution and deliverance? Are you going to turn back to Pharaoh or are you going to start figuring out how to live by faith? Because without faith it's impossible to please God. Will you listen to the voice of fear that says, this wouldn't happen if you were still in Egypt. You wouldn't go hungry if you were still in Egypt. You wouldn't be where you were if you hadn't given up all those things for the kingdom of God. That's the voice of fear. That's the whisper of Pharaoh trying to get you back into bondage and back to that old life. Egypt can help you and Pharaoh can feed you and appeal to your appetite is the voice that begins to speak. In your life. And you can respond that way or you can say, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but I'm just going to trust in God. I'm going to close my eyes and begin to pray and to be call, call upon the name of the Lord. He'll provide for me. He'll make a way of escape. He'll open a door that I don't even see that's there. I will not be conformed to this world, but I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I'll transform my appetite. I'll transform my thinking. He brought me this far. He's not going to leave me and starve to death. He's not going to forsake me. We need to learn to live by faith and learn to trust the appetite of God's anointed. And that is wherever God calls you to, wherever God is leading you to, there he's going to provide for you. There he's going to feed you. There he's going to sustain you. We just have to follow by faith and rebuke the spirit of fear that tries to draw us back from our God and back to Pharaoh. We've got to get our minds set on where God's trying to take us because that's where he'll provide for us. The devil likes to... Bring to our attention what we do not have right now. 
But whatever we do not have right now is waiting for us in the promised land. We just got to take another step of faith. We just got to keep on believing. We got to rebuke the devil, silence those voices and the naysayers in our life because we're following after the spirit of almighty God and he will provide for us where he leads. Exodus 16 and 4, then the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And so God knew that their unleavened bread from Egypt was running out or had run out. He knew that they didn't have the luxuries of ovens in the wilderness. And they didn't have the time to set up camp and just start building ovens so they can make more things. Because they were just to be passing through the wilderness. Some people try to put up camp and say, I'm just going to camp out here for a while. Why do you want to camp in the wilderness unless God calls you there? God is calling them to the promised land. We're just passing through this place, passing through this desert, this wilderness. And we got to continue following the voice of the Lord and walking by faith if we're going to make it through our current current trial, current situation, we have to respond and live by faith. He knew that they didn't have time to build the ovens because they're just passing through. God was leading them to the promised land, a land that's flowing with milk and honey. I know you're hungry now, but milk and honey is waiting for you right along the other side. Don't give in to the wiles of the devil. Don't give in to the temptation that God, that the devil tries to bring to you. There's milk and honey waiting for you if you can just keep on walking by faith and taking another step. But they weren't there yet. Israel was a bit away from the promised land. And because he knew that they would not make it there in time, their bread would run out, he knew that. And because wherever God leads, he feeds. Wherever he leads, he's going to feed. He had to feed and provide for them in their current season, and so he did. He said, I'm going to rain down bread from heaven. The Israelites called this thing, this substance, they called it manna, which literally, literally means, what is this? That's what it means. What is this? I don't know what it is, but I'm hungry, and I'm going to eat it. Uh, and so, have you ever taken a bite of something and said, what is this? You can say that in a, a delightful way, what is this? Or you can say, what is that? Uh, and so, uh, a delightful way or disgustful way, I think it was this was more of a delightful way because manna, from what we can gather, was a slightly sweet type of flour or dough thing. It was a little bit sweet. Uh, and so, I like to imagine it as just little pieces of cinnamon roll dough. That's what I imagine. That's my manna. That'll get me through anything. So that's, that's living for the Lord right there. Cinnamon roll dough every morning. Man. Psalms 105 and 40 says, The people asked, and he brought quails and satisfied them with the bread of heaven. Here it's called the bread of heaven. Psalm 78, 25, Man did eat angels' food. Man did eat angels' food, referring to manna. One day you were a slave in Egypt, 
And then the next day you're eating bread of heaven. You're eating angels' food. How can that be? Your appetite changed along the way. Something happened in your life and now you're no longer where you were. And now you're, you're eating the food of angels. What a transformation. Talk about a change. Talk about altering your appetite. All the money and all the wealth of Egypt could not buy you one ounce of angels' food. But God will give it to you if you're willing to follow after him. If you're willing to take a step of faith, God can give you the food of angels, but you can only get that. You can only eat that if you walk by faith and not by sight. You got to say goodbye to Egypt. Goodbye to that old appetite and God will feed you the bread of heaven, the bread of life. He'll give you the, the food of angels. It doesn't matter how much you've accumu accumulated in your life in Egypt. If you forsake all of that, if you step out in faith, follow the leading of the Spirit, God will provide for you, and he will give you things that this world cannot provide. This world cannot make manna. The best scientists in the world wouldn't, couldn't figure it out and, and say, we're going to make our own manna. No, that comes directly from heaven. So the things that God gives us, this world cannot even make uh, and conjure up. They wish they could. But they can't. They wish they could manufacture the joy that people of God have. They can't make that up. But the, no matter what kind of president or world leader out there cannot give us the peace that passes all understanding. No, that joy, that peace, that comfort, that love, that comes directly from God. And that is a, is a response to our faith and stepping out by faith. Only faith can give you manas, manna and food of angels. Where the Lord leads, he feeds. And though the food that he serves is the best in all this world. There's an old saying, the grass is always greener on the other side. Anybody ever go and look for that grass? Most of the time it's an illusion, a deception. And it doesn't turn out the way that we think and we end up in a worse spot. But I'm here to tell you with God, the grass is always greener on the other side, the other side of where you're currently at. Even if you're in the kingdom of God, that God has a pasture for you that's greener than where you're at right now. But you got to leave your current pasture. you got to leave the, the place where you're at and you say, God, I'm hungry for more. I desire righteousness. And your word says, I shall be filled. But you have to walk by faith faith to see where the grass is greener with God. I don't know where you are at in the Lord. I don't know how long you've been there grazing, but I can tell you that God doesn't want you to stay in that same spot. He doesn't want you to stay where you've always been the rest of your days. He wants to lead you to greener pastures. He wants you to lead you to, to waters and, and living, living waters. He wants to lead you to a new uh, level, a new dimension, a new place that you've never been before. And where the Lord leads, he feeds. And where he's leading you will be better than where you are right now. No matter how good you have it in God right now, I'm here to tell you, God has a better place for you. God has a better place for you. If you want to go there, walk by faith, he'll open your door. He'll open the windows of heaven in your life and bless you with things you've never imagined that you don't have in this life right now. But you have to walk by faith. Where he leads, he feeds. We've got to be willing to say, God, 
I want you to alter my appetite. I'm hungry for more. I want to eat of angels' food. I want to eat cinnamon roll nuggets. I want to eat the bread from heaven, the man that will come down every day in my life. But you have to be willing to say, I'm willing to give up what I have now in pursuit and faith of what God has for me down the road. I know I have a good here, but what happens is when we stay in two, one place too long, we get complacent where we're at. I have some chickens that I'm raising at my at my home, and they're out in the in the the box out in the grass. What happens when the chickens stay in that one place for far too long is the green grass eventually dies. Eventually, the grass will all be gone, and it'll be nothing but dirt where grass used to be. It's because they haven't moved. They've been there. They, when they when they were moved to that location, there was there was lots of grass. But the longer they stay, the less the grass uh, lives and eventually turns to dirt. That's why I, I have to go out there and move them every few days because uh, the grass is greener where than where they're currently at. Uh, and so they have to uh, uh, continue doing that. And we want to. We don't want to be satisfied where we're at, but we want to keep on going in God. God, I, I love where I'm at. I like being here, but God, I know uh, I don't want to stay here too long. I want to go to the next place, and I want to go through the next door in my life because I know wherever, whatever's waiting over there, I don't have currently. Milk and honey may be waiting, and I'm, I'm still, I'm eating stuff in my face with angel's food, which is good, but milk and honey's waiting for you. There came a, a rich young man to Jesus and asked him, what he needs to do to inherit eternal life. He says he's been following the law of God. He's been living a righteous life the best he can his whole life. And Jesus said this, One thing that thou lackest, if thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all thy possessions, give them to the poor, and come and follow me. So you think you've got it good now. But I've got angels' food waiting for you where I'm trying to lead you. I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory waiting for you, but you've got to leave where you're at in order to go and get that source. If you're willing to alter your appetite, I've got something your wealth cannot buy, rich young man, the peace that passes all understanding. But you've got to forsake all those things and what you currently have. You've got to leave all those things behind and say, I'm going to trust in the Lord. That I'm going to believe that a God has something greater for me and trust in you that they're only you. You have something for me. That where God leads that he will feed and he will provide. The Bible tells us that the rich young ruler went away very sorrowful because he had much possessions. God gave him the opportunity to get out of his Egypt. But he says, I got so much stuff. I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can leave all this stuff behind. To come out and to begin to walk by faith and to, to feed on angels' food. He didn't have enough faith to believe that God could give him more. He didn't believe that Jesus could give him a better life than what he currently had, than what his wealth could buy for him. And so he turned down angels' food for a processed rice cake patty. If you will let God alter your appetite, you will not be disappointed. 
You will not be disappointed where God leads you and gives you and provides for you. Fear tries to hold you back and says, you don't know what's out there. You can't walk out there and understand what you got. And you got to say, no, I I trust in God. I trust that he's not going to leave me or forsake me, but that he will provide for me. If you let him lead you, he will feed you. If you will eat of the things of the spirit that you hadn't eaten before. But that means you've got to step out in faith. And you then, when you finally do that, you will finally say, why didn't I listen earlier? Why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I trust in God earlier and begin to walk more in faith? Because the grass is greener where the Lord leads. It's not saying uh, staying in your bad place at, at one point. The place where you're at is, is, uh, was the greener grass. But now God says, you're done there. I want to move you over just a little bit over to this place, and there's more grass over here. Many times we think where God uh, positions us that that's, that's, that's it for us all of eternity. That's where we're going to be. God is constantly drawing and constantly pulling us closer to him and wanting us to, to grow uh, in grace and truth and become a better person. And so that entitles uh, moving and living and walking by faith. And so wherever we are right now in God, as good as it is, there's greener grass, just another step away. But we got to be willing to say, God, I, I know i got to give this up, and it's great. We have to view our current status as temporary, that God's just moving us through. And it's a great season in our life uh, right now, and the great things are happening. But, uh, but I want to go where the Spirit is leading, because wherever he's leading, uh, there's something waiting there that I do not have now. And I want to feast after righteousness, and I shall be full. When we stay where we're at too long, the grass begins to fade. First Peter 2 and 2 as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Growing is an ongoing process. It's not just a one-stage thing. We're always growing. The milk of the word is great. It's the best milk that you will ever drink. But God doesn't intend for us to drink milk our whole spiritual life. At some point... Our appetite needs to be altered, and we can begin to ingest more types of food, more, uh, more ha- sustaining foods than, than just a, a, a liquid milk, a, a beginning uh, phase in our life. Uh, Hebrews 5 and 12, as musicians can come, Hebrews 5 and 12, for when the, the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become uh, such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. The writer of Hebrews is saying, you guys should have been eating meat by now, but you're still drinking milk. You should have been teachers by now. You should be instructing others and helping others grow, but I got to send somebody back to you and keep on feeding you meat because, or keep on feeding you milk because you hadn't got over the milk. He's saying that angels' food is delicious and wonderful. But at some point, you've got to outgrow angels' food. At some point, you've got to say, manna 
was great and it, it got me where I needed to go. But now I got to say I'm done with manna and I'm ready to eat something else where God has for me. It was good where you're at, but where God is leading you, angels' food is not served there. And if we get attached to angels' food, the only place angels' food is served is in the wilderness. If we get attached to that appetite, we'll always be in the wilderness. Put the cinnamon roll down and come and follow me. Yeah, I know, that's a hard thing to do. But as long as you're eating angels' food, that means you're going to be in the wilderness. Each season of your life in God... God has a specific appetite that he wants to feed you. He wants to give you these things. He wants to teach you these things of the, of the spirit and teach you these ways of, of his word. And uh, all these different seasons of life, God's always introducing new things and new foods and new levels and new dimensions. But uh, that implies that we're following. We're, we're taking a step of faith. We're keeping on believing that uh, we want more of God. We want more of righteousness. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And so as long as we're following the spirit and the leading of, him, of God, God is always going to feed and provide for us. Each season of our life in God has food to consume, and the wilderness was angels' food. But that's not where God was leading Israel. They were going to the promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. But in order to get there, they would have to change their appetite. Because once they entered and moved into the promised land, the Bible says the manna stopped. Joshua 5.12, and the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land, the land of Canaan. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. Once they entered the promised land where God uh, was drawing them, the manna ceased because the angel's food was only temporary. Once you get where I'm leading you, there will be food there to sustain you. I'll provide the food. I'll provide the meat. I'll provide the, the fruit to eat of. Once they had left the wilderness and started to fight for their promise, fight to where God was calling them, their appetite changed. Uh, because once you start fighting uh, your, for your calling, you're going to need more than angels' food to sustain you for the battles that you're getting ready to endure. You're going to need more than milk to get you where you need to go. You're going to need more than milk of the word. Yeah, it was good. But now you're going to have to start feasting off the meat of the word. The meat is what gives you the things that sustain you in battle. Uh, the milk is light, and it passes through you quickly. It does not give you strength for the day. But, but meat does. And so you have to understand that uh, if you're getting ready to go to war, to, to fight the enemies of your life, you're going to need more than milk in your life. You're going to have to have a good stake in the word. Hebrews 5.13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. It's just kind of angel's food. It's there to get you by. Verse 14, but strong meat, strong meat belongeth to them that are full age, 
Even those by reason of use had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And so you got to have the meat of the word in order to be able to fight the enemies of this world. you got to be able to discern, hey, I rebuke you, spirit of fear, the spirit of unbelief. you got to understand what it is you're fighting, the enemies that you're fighting. And that takes a change in your appetite. You're going to have to crave for more of the word of God because the word of God is the sword of the spirit that's our only offensive weapon and if we don't know the word of God we don't have a weapon to fight angels food is great but warriors don't eat angels food their appetite is for something that is heavier something that is more nutritional your appetite has to be altered altered from manna to the fruit of the land from meat, or from milk to meat. There has to be a change that takes place. Because where God is leading you is better than where you are currently at. The food's going to be different, but that means your life is going to be different. It's going to be more blessed. You may have more enemies in your life, but you'll have the power, you'll have the sword, you'll have the weapons to defeat those enemies, and you'll be able to conquer new things in your life and go to new territories, higher heights and deeper depths in the Lord. But you got to understand that your appetite has to be for what God calls for that moment. You stand with me today. Once Israel entered the promised land, they had to begin to fight for their food. No more going out and gathering. Now you got to go out and fight for it. Now you need to grow it. Now the law of sowing and reaping comes into play because now you have the land, the territory to plant the seeds. After defeating Jericho and Ai, uh, then five kings gathered together to fight against Israel. This is the battle, if you remember the Sunday school story, this is the battle where Joshua asked for the sun to stand still, and it did. Fighting against five kings of the land. The Bible tells us that Israel defeated them, defeated their enemies, and the five kings ran and hid in a cave. We see in Joshua 10, 24, it came to pass when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war which went with him, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near, and they put their feet upon the necks of them. What was Joshua doing here? What he was doing is he was altering these captains' appetite. He was giving them a taste of what God is wanting them to do the rest of the battles. These kings are your enemy. These kings represent all those that would come against the people of God. Come now and put your feet on the neck of these kings and get a taste of what victory feels like. Put your foot on the neck of that king and get a taste of what it means to have the enemy under your feet. We're not to be walking around beat up by the enemy. No, their appetite is put your foot on the neck of your enemy. Put your foot on the neck of those kings. In verse 25, John. Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, 
For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies whom ye fight against. These people went from gathering manna to gathering their enemies and putting their feet on the neck of their enemies. They went from captives, being a captive in Egypt, to being conquering heroes in the land that God had called them. They went from eating the food of angels to invading the enemy's camp and taking their food. How? Because God let their appetite change. You got to get over the angel's food, as, as miraculous as that is. That just gets you into the kingdom and keeps you there. you got to start stepping out in faith and even more. If you're willing to uh, alter your appetite and, and go where God is leading you, you too will have your enemies under your feet. You too will be able to step on the neck of those kings, of those enemies in your life. Why don't you do that right now? Why don't you take a step? Why don't you take a step? Believe that. That's the enemy under your feet. That's the power that God has given the people of God to put the enemy enemy under our feet. God has called us out of darkness. He fed us with angels food. He fed us with milk of the word that we may grow. But at some point, at some point, God calls you to put on the armor of God. It's time to put the bottle down and put on the armor of God. Pick up your shield of faith. Unsheath the sword of the spirit and go back to that darkness and start stepping on the necks of those enemies. Start calling down, pulling down strongholds, tearing down the enemy because God wants to alter your life. He wants to alter your appetite. He wants to alter your prayer appetite. From now I lay me down to sleep to I bind that devil in Jesus' name. I rebuke that spirit. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ. That's where God's calling you. That's the appetite we need. The people of God, we are more than conquerors in Christ. We are more than conquerors. He's given us the appetite of the victory, of heroes, of conquering people. We need to go out and do that in our lives. We're not going to be pushed around any longer. No, we're going to take a step of faith. And with that step, we're going to step on the neck of the enemy. We're going to step on the neck of that spirit that's been troubling you and, and, uh, and oppressing you in our life. We've let the devil push us around long enough. It's time that we place our foot on the neck of the devil today. It's time that we put that addiction under your feet. It's time to declare today, not today, devil. You've done it far long enough. God, give me a new appetite. Give me a taste of victory. Give me a taste of conquering the enemy. I want more of righteousness. Come on, as we begin to sing, why don't you begin to imagine the enemy? Imagine God that struggle. Imagine us. that addiction. And begin side. to put your he foot upon the neck of that yes. enemy. Come on, in the name of Jesus, we're going forward. We're we conquering the lands. Jesus, you are here. Come on, what's been hindering you? God is fighting victory. for us. God is on our side. On. He's on he our side. He has overcome. Yes, he has We're overcome. We will not Hallelujah, be shaken. Jesus. We will not be moved. Jesus, Hallelujah. come on. We are victorious. Carrying, carrying, carrying our burdens. Covering Jesus. our shame. He has overcome. Yes, he has overcome. Hallelujah. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. Jesus, Hallelujah. you are here, carrying our burdens, carrying our burdens, covering 
can deliver he you. He has overcome, yes. In the he name has of Jesus, overcome. has all we power. We will not be shaken. We will We're not be moved. We're going to step on the neck of the Jesus, enemy. I will miss it. I will live. I will not die. We're not going to die. The resurrection power of Christ. We victorious.
righteousness shall be filled. If you desire a thimble full, God will make sure you're full. If you desire a cup, he'll, des he'll make sure you're full. But if you want a dump truck full, God will make sure you're full. He'll meet you at your level of desire. He'll meet you at whatever you, uh, your level of appetite. If you want to be more than a conqueror, God will use you to wipe out all the devils in your land. But you got to desire that in the kingdom of God. you got to desire more of him and to draw closer to him and his word. And to begin taking that step of faith and saying, God's going to provide for me. I don't know but he knows. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Go out and be a conqueror. Step on the neck of the devil this week.